No. I know that we're all just business partners. We're when have you two hung out as friends? <laughs> <laughs> After breakfast, what's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. More now that we're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Insert cricket. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to play with the sound effect oh, when fine. I add in this later. Oh, we get wild up in yes. here. That's been a new front for me is learning how to edit in Audacity, which is different than how i knew how to edit and anything else um well what they use at the radio station is i can't even fucking think of it i should know but whatever you don't work at a radio station anymore, not anymore so you should, but you should be clearing your brain of that information what to do in that one but anyways that's all i got mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's correct i feel like two major things happened this week one being some people claim that they solved the Zodiac. Um, yeah. Yes. I don't know if you looked into it, but they were like, they have the same scars on their forehead, uh, according to this drawing, like I, a police sketch. Yeah. And the guy kind of <clears throat> looks like a weird version of the dude in Big Sky. I don't know if anybody else wanted Big Sky. Big Sky I'm a. Now. I'm a homemaker now. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I had a birthday, so now I'm uh, mm-hmm. old enough to watch Big Sky and mm-hmm. give a shit. I don't know what Big Sky is. It's, um, it's actually really good. It's an ABC show, but it's like, um, God, I forgot the. It's like the same producers of some other shit that's not ABC that's good. And is it like Yellowstone? Is it like country kind, shit? Kind of okay. to an extent. It starts as like a. There's a big sex trafficking situation that they're trying to oh, okay. That's figure out um and then it uh, it the universe expands which is always where series get um is it's like a true blood situation where i'm like uh, how far right. out are we gonna go yeah. here yeah, it can either be great or just too much fall apart yeah yeah, yeah. But there's a main like bad guy, I guess, on it, uh, and the Zodiac killer kind of looks like him if hmm. his face wasn't as close together. <laughs> but I w- wasn't there something with like the somebody. didn't they also look at the I'm gonna call it hieroglyphs, but that's not what it oh, is. Oh yeah, his oh the cipher, yeah, yeah, cipher, and if you like removed the letters of this new person that they've identified from the cipher, it creates a whole new cipher. And I just don't, like a new decoded message, yeah, basically. but they also never showed any proof of that. They just they said didn't. that they that's just what said happened. It. The FBI has said, no, this is still open. Mm, but the FBI also cool. can't find Brian Laundry right now. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much. I, my favorite thing about this. that was when somebody's like, no, for real, he's in a completely different part of the country Country, yeah (laughs) so that happened i don't believe that they found the zodiac i'll well and all the the, i feel i think the news source that broke it was fox news so when i first saw that i was like oh they've been popping off lately with like non-republican related stuff just chaos Mm -hmm. utter chaos yeah i I've been looking at Apple News because it's like, oh, it's everything in front of my face. I don't have to like search through Twitter for whatever. Mm. 
And it's just like anything that's Fox News, I'm like, wait, what? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, just whatever you find on Fox or CNN, take that same subject matter and go to Reuters right. and mm-hmm. read it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even the BBC. That happened, and then they might have discovered what happened to Madeline McCann. Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. that. I just saw that this morning. Where's my phone? I shared it to the Weird Brunch story, and I was like, is this real? Um, so that would be huge. Like, I'm more inclined to believe that because that yeah, came that's from, more like, recent. actual government Cause, shit. Because a couple years ago, they had, like, a guy <clears throat> that was, like, a suspect, like, a local guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't really do anything about it. It's some dude who's already in prison mm. for, like, raping a 72-year-old woman. They're, like, legit 100% going convinced. after some guy. Yeah. yeah. The suspect, Christian Bruckner, 44, is currently serving as a pris- his prison sentence for drug offenses in Germany and has been handed a seven-year term for the rape of a 72-year-old woman. Really? Seven years for raping someone doesn't So wait, wait he would have been like 20? Uh, yeah. When did Madeline McCann... I feel like it was early 2000s. Yeah, he might have been in his... In his 20s? Late 20s. The alleged murder has not been backed up by any DNA or photographic evidence... But someone told McCann's parents, we are confident we have the man who took and killed your daughter. And the dude denies it. But we'll see. Why would you ever tell? Why would you ever tell parents we're confident? Why would you ever do that? Is it the which police department was it that said that? Yeah. I I assume it's the bunch of German. Yeah. Because wasn't. Like it was a in lot Bermuda? of like, like a lot of German people visit there. Yeah, I thought it was like because she was they're Irish. Europe. I thought they were Scottish. Right? I mean, sorry, Irish now Scottish. You, you, you <laughs> just kidding. Off all of the UK. I'm so sorry. Um, they were in Portugal mm. when she disappeared, but and they think they found the man. They think they Portugal. Found? Hey, see that's how rumors get started. Portugal, Portugal the McCann. man. Stop. Sorry. Um, you know who horrible. really likes Portugal the man? Britney. Oh yeah, Britney Spears. Yeah, like she's posted. I don't know how many videos to that. Like. The big one. I also yeah. I also appreciate that the moment that Britney Spears got kind of out of her conservatorship, she's like, I am nude on Maine. Naked. Main. Yeah. Check out yes. this hot bod. Yeah. She also straightened her hair. Yeah. Like it was I right? saw that too. I, was I like, thought yes, it was a bitch. wig when I saw it. I was like, oh, we getting yes. blonde wigs that look exactly like your hair? Oh, never mind. No, it is your hair. S- straighten it, girl. Yeah. We are back. I'm, I'm all here for it. Yeah. And her little naked pics with the little pink flowers over her nips mm-hmm. and everything it is funny that like that's the that, it's, it's like i've been waiting 13 years I mean, yeah. to post nakedness she still looks great she looks yeah. great hell yeah she I'm does happy for her. i also like that anytime the conservatorship changes everyone's like she's free and, and it's, it's like, like no yeah i mean not quite it's good well and now her and sam are engaged Gaged. and that's mm-hmm. exciting because they both seem very excited about it mm-hmm. and i like he's growing on me 
Yeah, I mean, like, I just honestly, didn't know anything. I think it's fair to be dubious of anybody that comes into Britney's life. Sure, so. but he has been there for like, what, like four five or five, five years? years. Yeah. And then, you know, even acknowledge when Octavia Spencer commented on the post and she was like, get a prenup. And he was really funny about it and yeah. was like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're definitely getting one. I don't want her to get any of my shoe collection. <laughs> it's like, that's funny. Like, yeah. OK, yeah. cool. Maybe this guy, maybe he's all right. I still yeah. hope that she still entrusts somebody else to her money mm. as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Just because I'm, she does obviously have a little bit of arrested just, development. Like, I'm. Well, yeah, because yeah. they've fucked her up so much at oh, this God, point. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Now would be a better case. Yeah. For her mm-hmm. to I think that's I think that's a, what a lot of people could get confused about the free Britney movement is that. I think most people recognize that she obviously has gone through something very serious and in a lot of ways she's not capable of just 100% doing her life on her own, you know, because I'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, you know, something's the matter with her. I'm like, yeah, something's, yeah, Mm -hmm. she's gone through a lot. That doesn't mean she doesn't deserve to be in control of her own life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And treated like a slave. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me so mad because it's like, Yes, we all know that Britney has problems. Yeah, she's a little cuckoo. But fucking everybody does. Yeah. Fucking Howard Hughes got to keep all his goddamn money and do whatever he wanted to. And he wouldn't clip his fingernails and lived in sanitized room and like had multiple fucking airplane crashes. Like dudes can be psycho and waste Uh their fucking money. And when a woman does whatever she wants, she's like legitimately crazy and they lock her away. Yeah, exactly. So fuck all that yeah give her all her money i don't care if she goes and spends it on hot air balloons i do want to say that when i said slave a moment ago i did mean kind of like a jester yeah like you are kept in this home to uh work for me yes yeah i also have a fun fact that i learned this week and i don't know if y'all know this (laughs) you might considering the podcast that we all listen to but totino's pizza was founded by a woman named Rose Totino, and she hey. created Totino's pizza rolls. And that just made me really, it's like what I've been living off of this week is that knowledge. Pizza rolls. Not, yeah. not I do have some though <laughs> in our fridge, but, uh, or in the freezer, but it just made me really happy that a, a Totino's is named after a woman yeah. whose last name is Totino. Uh, I, I love that. It's one. I have yeah. not listened to set episode so yet. go buy some totino's pizza yeah. rolls and support women women supporting and women yeah exactly yeah i think she's like from new jersey or something and it costs like nothing yeah <laughs> and they're delicious they really are they really are so i definitely good. survived off of totino's in high school at least for a little bit oh yeah yeah that was my favorite because my mom i don't think had it in oh whoa <laughs> a memory a memory yeah. uh just appeared but um I, blah, blah, blah. so when I would go to friends' houses, it was like, do you have to do that? I need to do that. I need it now. Um, but what I just remembered was in those times when I was the age of spending the night at other people's homes, I remember at some point I looked on my mom's desk and she had this like, it was like a book or it was like a, it was something like e- either a book or it was like a tape, you know how like the old, like the old um, Disney tape box or VHS Mm -hmm. boxes it was something like that but it was like twice as big and it had the sphinx on it and it was like this really blue color and I like that's a vivid memory and I was like mom the fuck is this and she was like 
I don't know. You know, one of my friends gave it. It's really, it's weird. It's culty. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, okay. And it was Exodus. Uh, it was called Exodus. And I watched a certain documentary on HBO last week Ooh! about a woman who has hair that is bigger than her face. Mm. And she yes. wrote a bunch of books and had a bunch of programs about weight loss through God. If you if you yeah. feel hungry, just pray on it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, so it's an insane cult situation that I believe is still happening. Even it's it, the story is crazy. I suggest the documentary. But uh, verified that is that was in our home. That was it. That shit wow. was in our home. And my mom in the early, late nineties, early two thousands was like, "No, that's cult shit." And I was like, "Good Hell on you, mom." Yeah. She recognized yeah. it. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I want to. I want to watch that documentary. I can imagine that woman's. It's so. Good. It's like Mars attacks hair. Yeah, it's like a wig on a wig. It's a very good documentary. Yeah. Um, top to tail. Top to tail. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna have to watch it. Oh, that's not what it's called. I was just saying. Oh, I was like, that's a weird name for that. But okay. I forget what it's called. No, because yeah, the woman in that I remember because it was recently that she like mm-hmm. died in a spoilers <laughs> died in that plane crash. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just you know I just love women infiltrating men's spaces specifically. Like yeah, a woman cult leader is not common. It's not especially, especially around as Christianity a, as a preacher. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, she was like the primary, which is unheard of. But she still had this like, well, there's men over me. It was, it's weird. It's mm. fucking weird. Yeah. You have to play the game. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She was definitely controlling the game, but it's nuts. Yeah. Highly suggest. And my mom could have uh, fell, fallen into that pretty easily. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't. Yeah. Go Linda. Especially because they also like really support having, quote, obedient kids. Mm. And I was already getting my ass beat. I didn't need more of that. Right. I didn't need more of that. (laughs) Come on. Well, let's start this shit. Yeah. And I'm going to start recording now. Thank you. Yeah, we don't need that banter. Welcome to Weird Brunch. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Haley Lamond. All right. Um... Let's, We'd like to sell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever thought about praying instead of eating? We hear it works great. Gandhi. If only I had the will. As long as you think it's, if you have like a reason, if it's outside of yourself, then you're just a martyr. Right. Yeah. But you could be a martyr for your hot bod. I, yeah, that's that's true. It's I don't know. I saw that lady, and I don't know you. if I would say she had a hot bod. No. She was definitely very. No. I am interested to see what, like, not our generation, not Gen Z, but the generation after that, how they accept their bodies. Because I think about, like, mom's generation, so, like, boomer, the most important thing for a woman to be would be not fat. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which mom did not... She... she, I don't think she put too much pressure on us. No. No. She didn't. No. Like, she had her own thing. But, yeah, yeah. Like, and then... Our generation still ha- obviously has that yes. mentality passed down, but is a little more accepting. And then Gen, Gen Z, Z is like body positivity, except all those girls are fucking tiny mm-hmm. also. Like, are they or are their shirts giant? You know, it, uh, is it can an be optical both. illusion. It can be both. Yeah, for sure. But based on what I've seen at ACL Festival this past two weekends, 
they're all just like it's really just tiny. youth is youth is beauty like that's all it is yeah it goes away yeah i don't think that we should the desire to be skinny youth is beauty youth is this wasted on the won't last. yeah i don't know i was always bigger but then again like especially like with sports my body was always a tool of destruction so i don't <laughs> like it's Christ. true my body's a tool like of destruction. especially with derby like being yeah. 210 pounds is a huge benefit mm. um as long as you were agile and i was until i tore my acl mm-hmm. and then um, uh, my career went down the drain and your career we are. yeah my yeah you are gonna be the first roller, the, professional the first person to make money off, off of roller derby, derby. <laughs> roller air yes i've gotten a couple of free meals from it yeah and that's about it it's lots of free drinks yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. probably more like free drinks yeah. but i mean who i like a free drink and you did back then oh yeah so there you go mm-hmm. oh man i keep think i keep remembering things from this week but we've be- we're beyond the banter we're, back, we're past it yeah we well, can go i'll share it offline down through that yeah well uh i can start if you want sure sure so willing sure so, okay what am i supposed to not like want to fucking do this when are we fighting right now uh, i will fight you okay i'm not hung over at all today oh no she's spry i, I <laughs> like kept it even and i feel fucking good today which is nice and i got to see george Strait last night That's so cool. and i got to go fun at front of house and walk through the center thing while he was playing and i love doing that at the fest because it makes me feel real special i have, I have a huge george Strait related regret i was on craigslist because i'm looking for neon for one of our bedrooms because we're doing like a vaporwave themed room in our guest room fine um so i was looking for neon but not like bar neon right and I came across a Texas-shaped Miller Lite oh, I've George Strait neon sign oh, for $50. Whoa! Did it work? Um, it was on. They, like, showed it on. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I was at, was at work. So I'm like, I can't be all up on Craigslist at work. So I got off of it. And by the time I got back on that night, it was already gone. And I was like, oh, that, I know it wasn't our theme, but that... I wanted that oh, so yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. I was so disappointed. I didn't just immediately. I can't reach out. believe they were selling it for fifty bucks. Yeah, oh, shit. Like that's even... a that's a scorned wife. Yeah, yeah. that's like, like get rid of your shit not, in the garage. Mm-hmm. We don't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start. Fuck it. Um, I've been, you know, I, I love uh, TikTok a lot. It's my favorite thing. And there's a girl who's been doing most haunted lakes a different haunted lake every day weird during october last year too in honor of her i should look have looked up what her tiktok handle is i can't remember many haunted lakes there's a fuck ton so i'm gonna do a few haunted lakes i'm obviously not going to do 31 of do you know how many are natural versus man-made because most lakes are man-made i don't (laughs) but i'm gonna have you tell me every single time Mm -hmm. when he was named after a lake. Mm-hmm. I was I? in Amarillo, right? Lake Whitney, yeah. I mean, I know there is a Lake Whitney, but I don't think I was named after the lake. I I'm, I tell people that. <laughs> you tell people like. <laughs> yep. Fun fact about me: my sister <laughs> is named after, after Lake Whitney. Whitney. Anyways, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, so I feel like lakes have also been kind of headlining. Somewhat recently because of moment. Naya Rivera very famously disappearing and drowning in a river mm-hmm. in a lake mm-hmm. um, last year. That was Glee? unfortunately, she was yeah, Glee? she's the girl from Glee, yeah. 
and she like had her son with her. She Anyways, like saved her the son. cast yeah. of Glee is cursed. Okay, they, there is a, like a Glee curse. I mean, I guess I'll start with that since that's how I started this out. So yeah, it was July eighth, twenty twenty. Glee actress Naya Rivera went missing on a lake in California, Southern California, called Lake Piru. P i r u. It is about an hour and fifteen minutes away from L.A., so a lot of cool L.A. people mm-hmm. go there. She was with her four-year-old son. Oh, it says Josie. J-O-S-E-Y. Jose? Jose? <laughs> See, I, I mean, I was like Jose, but no, no. I, I don't I don't know. Anyway. Three after three hours after they left the dock, another boater discovered their boat drifting and the little boy was sleeping safely inside, but mm-hmm. Naya was nowhere. And it took a few days for them to figure out obviously that she had drowned and Lake Piru is somewhat well more famous now but famous for having uh drownings happen all up in there so the death toll of Lake Piru it's like I said super popular for LA people uh but it's not super safe seven people have drowned in the lake between 1994 and 2000 which isn't that fucking much to That's me. once a year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that much. Did they much. just stop counting after 2000? Maybe. Like, we don't need a... Maybe. It's a bummer. There are lifeguards and like little swimming areas and all that stuff. Um, and in 2000, park officials determined that strong winds, chilly waters, and 160-foot depth of the water is what is usually to blame for drowning swimmers. Uh, there's a lot of different restricted areas of the water and they are just like, just don't fucking swim here. So they think Naya drowned because she went swimming without a life jacket. Uh, she, according to her son, she jumped off the boat and never came back up. Luckily, the kid was still wearing his life jacket and didn't try to go under for her. Wait, so this kid just saw that and then fell asleep? Well, I mean, was he four, was a four-year-old. So like, he, didn't he probably like, and they found the boat like three hours later. So, was it on a tour to Gilligan's Island? A three-hour tour. Um, they call out divers. They can't find her, and uh, the search continues through the night into the morning. They get Josie to the family parents or parents of Naya. What was it like a day or two later? They found her Mm -hmm. dead, but yeah, I'll just start with that one. Let's go to another one in Connecticut. There's a place called Gardner Lake. And in 1895, this grocer who owned his house on the South side of Gardner Lake was like, we're moving it to the East side. And they were like, you're moving it. And he was like, yeah, I like my house so much. We're going to, put it up on wheels and wheel it across the frozen lake to the other side the hubris of so because i like it better yeah. over there and they're like okay man i mean i guess that should work out psych as they're going through the lake some of the ice cracks and half of the house sinks into the water but it doesn't get all the way in there. So it's like halfway in and halfway still on the ice, but they can't get it out. So they just have to leave the house there. And then in the springtime, the ice thaws and the house just sinks to the bottom of the fucking 
What like, year was that? 1895. What a fun couple of weeks of just like walking by the house in the middle of the lake being like, is it? Yeah, sinking? like there was a post, no. there were like <laughs> postcards made. I mean, I'm sure people went out to see it. I'd be like, yeah. Do you I think you got looted? That. Yeah. Oh, I bet there was some looting. Yeah. I'm sure they tried to get as much stuff out of the house as they could before the thaw happened. Mm-hmm. But there was a piano in there and a bunch of other heavy shit, but clearly they couldn't get the piano out. So even though the sinking of this house into the lake didn't have any deaths, people say that people who have drowned in the lake uh, like ghosts hang Living out there. Enough. They're like, yeah. let's play the piano at the bottom of this fucking lake. Um, they say that they can hear it at night, and I'm pretty sure that those are like the first underwater ghosts I've heard of that are hanging out at a house that wasn't like, there when they died. It's like a ghost sanctuary, like how you can um, zero escape your lawn to attract bees and make bee houses. See? But it's like, but it's for spirits yeah. in the, the water. So like, if I ever want to drown you, I'll just go there and I don't think that's the best way to get rid of me. Throw I feel a like house it'd be real in hard. after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that was his intention from the first place. Was, I doubt it's it. It's kind of like philanthropy for mm-hmm. the rich guy. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm donating my house or to the Or he's like, if this works out, I'm going to make a killing on it. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. New lake time. And this lake is called Haunted Lake. Oh. Like, there you go. It's in New Hampshire. Um, real estate listings say that Haunted Lake is peaceful and tranquil. And it's kind of like, it's also, they call it a pond sometimes. And pond is such a weird word because I think a pond can be like 10 feet wide. Yeah. You know, but this is definitely bigger than that. They have fishing, shade, blah, 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 all the cute stuff and unexplained weird noises. According to folklore... Centuries ago, a mastiff, a, a, a mastiff, mastiff, yeah, a mastiff dogs. forest fire swept through, killing everything and everyone living around the lake. Native Americans and European settlers in the fire's aftermath, ast- that's a good one, were creeped out by all the charred trees and were like, I don't think we like this. We're going to start calling it Haunted Lake. And the name stuck. Uh, in 1753, a guy named Matthew Patton. Uh, I really wanted you to say Perry. Matthew (laughs) Perry wrote in his diary while camping near the pond's outlet, whatever that means, soon after darkness set in, there commenced groaning and shrieks as of a human being in distress, and these continued most plaintive and affecting till nearly morning. Why didn't he go save that person? Because that was definitely because a that was a fucking skinwalker. Yeah, for sure. You you can't be out in the wilderness by yourself without me and Whitney because you're gonna get skinwalked. A, a ghost or a skinwalker is gonna come get you. Skin crept. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the uh, the process of being attacked by skinwalkers mm-hmm. getting skin crept. <laughs> <laughs> really creeping on my skin. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got chills. I yeah, didn't like it. I didn't like it much. So the lake just keeps getting creepier. Also, there were skeletal remains found somewhat recently. And even though they tried to rename it Scoby Lake, very one O off from Scooby. Uh, Isn't that what uh, the... That's Scabies. Oh, that's what I have? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, a scoby is uh, what you make a kombucha with, right? Oh, yeah. I think you're right, but There's I don't want to pretend that I know how to make. That? 
kombucha. We're not granola enough to know that. Uh, so Haunted Lake has stuck as the name of that spot because people are just like, nah, dog. It's descriptive, too, because if I would say that if you live in that area and you call something a haunted lake, everyone in that area, will, even if they know the name of it, will be like, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the haunted lake. Great. All lakes are haunted to me, though. Same. Um, yeah, I would be like, which one? Yeah. yeah. You mean all of them? Uh, lake Ronconcoma. <laughs> In Bless New York, Aronkankama, <laughs> is uh, Long Island's largest <laughs> lake. It's a deep, dark abyss with no bottom. I'm sure there's a bottom, but I was about to say, hard to find. Prove it. Yeah. It's so cold that it's so cold. That is it? The spirits of ice skaters have been seen skating <laughs> across it, even when it isn't <laughs> frozen. Sorry, <laughs> spirit of ice. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Or was there like an accident where a bunch of ice skaters no, died because just you can't like just like spiritual ice skaters? It's a like, bunch mm. of failed Olympians. Yeah, exactly. So the most Johnny Weir's gonna be there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tanya Harding. Hard. <laughs> Bashing ghost legs. Yeah, it's just gonna be like violent and gay. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, I would watch. I would. I'm not against it. Do they have homes on this lake? I'll buy one. So we just throw a house in it. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. This is for y'all. Throw a gay club in it. (laughs) Yes. It's just like a celebrity Big Brother ghost house at the bottom of the lake for Olympic athletes. And every night they have to go up to the top and perform. They'd be like the shrieking increased. We don't know what happened. They seem like they're having a good time, though, so we're not going to stop them. So the most prominent legend on Lake Ronconcoma, it's a total like ghost story style. Two young lovers, a beautiful Native American princess and her steadfast colonist boyfriend mm-hmm. who yeah, have that sounds undying boyfriend. love for each other <laughs> mm. so they were like flirting by sending pieces of like birch bark back and forth to each As other like with little cute notes written on it or whatever and they're like all right we're gonna get together officially and they meet secretly together but of course they're found out a fight happens The colonist is killed and overcome by her grief. The young maiden paddles her canoe to just from her teepee from the powwow to the deepest part of the lake, ties a rock to her body, and jumps into the water, drowning herself. They say they haunt the lake. And along with her going in, the legend goes that every year. At least one hot dude has to drown in this lake. And they say that one hot dude has drowned in that lake for the past 200 years. Is hot like objective or subjective? Well, it's going to be objective. Like, Does it have to be a white man? I, I don't think so. so. I know. I hope, I hope it's like that's where white men are. <laughs> right? Let's, let's let them have send, that one. Send them over. Yeah. yeah. The last lake I want to do. Where are you? A lot of them are just like people die. Like, yeah, yeah. Or like a lady of the water. There's one in Dallas called Lady of the Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically White Rock Lake. Yeah. And it's the Lady of the Lake. I wonder if the first Lady of the Lake that was ever described was um, King Arthur. 
What's her What's her name? Oh yeah, Meredith or some shit. Um, no, you're close. It's uh Morgana, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure. But that was Arthur's sister or Merlin's. Oh it, no, sister. it was Merlin's sister. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I wasn't. I think you go two paths in life. You either do Arthurian <laughs> legends or you do um, Greek mythology yeah you can do both i don't i think you lean one or the other it's kind of like the Beatles or elvis like you can like both but you like one more than the other and i never really got into Aetherian legends i liked greek mythology more i like greek mythology more but i think i consider myself a renaissance woman mm-hmm. that's it's medieval but well, renaissance came later uh, all right fuck. my last one will be sorry man shack <laughs> M-A-N-C-H-A-C. Hey. Oh, so not Phonetic. like. Oh, not an Austin Not a Not, not a bastardization of a. Yeah. Which they did rename it to be phonetically correct. I live off of Minshaka. They I changed th- the spelling to it. I'm, well, not, then I'm done with this That wouldn't be phonetic. This ain't the Austin I grew up in. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Manchac Swamp in Louisiana, which is more of a swamp than a lake. Oh, are you familiar with it? No, but it just makes sense that it's spelled exactly how it's said Sounds because right. you can't really confusing unless it's a a u x or a French word, yeah. right? Supposedly, here's probably a little more racist shit. The spectral spirit of a voodoo priestess who left behind a death wish still plagues the swamp to this day. Located near New Orleans, the Manchac Swamp is a web of waterways through a forest of bald cypress water tupelo, and freshwater marshes. Its resident's ghost, its resident ghost is said to be Julia Brown, who before dropping dead in 1915, made a terrifying prediction to the townsfolk saying, quote, one day I'm going to die and I'm going to take all of you with me, end quote. And she was true to her word. So the story goes, a devastating hurricane ripped through the entire village, killing hundreds of people, so many that locals say it's still common for skeletons to resurface casually whenever they feel like it. Just dirty, you know, like rough up the water. You might find some skeleton shit. This but has been featured on A&E's Extreme Paranormal and Sci-Fi's Haunted Highways because it's so haunted. Boom, boom, boom. And that's it. I'm going to, that's as many leaks as I want to do. There's a lot more They're out all there. They're spooky. So uh, just real quick. Yes. It probably, like Voodoo uh, <laughs> Priestess probably wasn't as uh, like, generalized as it may seem because i i just looked up where it it is and i i have a friend that his he has some family over there Mm -hmm. and uh he had to like stop hanging out there because it was too many like chicken heads getting cut off and oh really lots of voodoo old like original it's dark magic but just depends, but then that's still going on in specifically that region. So it's ancestral, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it very cool, but I don't want to. I don't know. Colonize piss everybody it. Yeah. off or anything like that either. Yeah. So yeah, that one. I mean, you're not attempting to practice. I am. It, I am not. So you're fine. Yeah, I, I try nothing. I wouldn't <clears throat> recommend it. Oh, it just won't work out. It'll be bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can go next. Do, Do it. it. Uh, Do it. Do it. You won't. 
I'm going to talk about something that a lot of people know about, but there were some details that I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I want to talk about Sid Vicious and a little bit of Nancy. Yeah. Just a little bit. There's like a little bit of Nancy. Nancy. Gosh of Nancy. So Just a little, sexy. little sip of Nancy. So when we think of Sid Vicious, we're always like, oh, that skinny punk kid who like, Never had a shirt that wasn't ripped up and mm-hmm. was uh, aggressively British in people's faces. <laughs> um, so his birth name, John Simon Ritchie, <laughs> nerd. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Lewisham, England in 1957. His mother, Anne, joined the Royal Air Force after dropping out of high school. That's pretty fucking cool. That to is. Me. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, his father, John, was a guardsman at Buckingham Palace by day and a jazz musician by night. Hell yeah. Get we it. love a versatile really man. Cool. Yeah. Get it, bitch. So the couple did not stay together uh, long and Anne well, later. The music got in the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just I gotta follow my dream, babe. <laughs> As my an English jazz, jazz musician. <laughs> oh, actually, this could play into my story that I remembered earlier, but I did do a pure open mic at a jazz place on the east side that's just a warehouse and when i say pure open mic i do mean there was poetry there was music wow there was characters there was stand it was uh so many was there so many delightful stories like late 90s hbo def jam slam poetry no because that is my favorite agree <laughs> it was it's so weird not a favorite in the way that it's like this invokes something in yeah. me that i can't explain right. and sometimes it's positive but a lot of times it's cringe it was yeah. if you can imagine mm-hmm. white women um oh, there we no. go but it uh, so many so many stories they, well we have you, you yeah okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the couple didn't stay together and later marries christopher beverly in spain mm, in 1965 <laughs> And let's see, her son, John, took his father's first name and stepfather's surname known as, so then became known as John Beverly until he was known as Sid Vicious. His stepfather died six months later. Um, Anne allegedly used a toddler Richie, Sid, as a drug mule to stash blocks of hash in his pants to sell on trips back and forth to England. A toddler. <laughs> uh, so that was just the beginning of his relationship with drugs. Uh, he later attended Hackney Technical College and met future bandmate John Lydon there. Lydon described Richie as a David Bowie fan and, quote, clothes hound. Like he was <laughs> like a fashionist. Okay. Maxinista. As it goes, Richie got his new name after Lydon's pet hamster, Sid, bit him, eliciting a response from Richie that said, Sid is really vicious. Here we go. Mm. Let's see. The pair began to perform in the streets, and people would give them money to quit playing <laughs> and, quote, go somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, in another pre-Sex Pistols notable occurrence, Vicious almost married a young Chrissy Hine. Oh, oh, whoa. Did not know that. I kind of feel like Chrissy dodged a bullet. Yeah, there. for sure. Well, it was a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. get there. Uh, the pre-Pretenders Hine needed English uh, an English work permit. 
So the pair knew each other from hanging out at uh, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren's clothing wow. store. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. It see it it kind of it's a little mind blowing to me. Well, when you yeah, because everything like punk being so commercialized. Yeah. Like going back to like no this the, like Vivian Westwood. Yeah. Yeah. You start somewhere, and you, sometimes you start by playing in your band on a corner and being paid to go away. Yeah. And hanging out with prolific fashion designers who have shithole shops. Yeah. In the middle of London or whatever. It's uh it it's wild. So the day they were going to get married, uh, Vicious was in court from an assault charge. Ah, there you go. So she was ready. She was like, let's go. Let's get this permit. And he was like, oops, I got in a fight. Vicious also played drums for uh, Susie and the Banshees. Which I did not know that. I didn't know that that either. either. Uh, Their first gig in London's 100 Club Punk Festival in 1976. I would have killed to be there uh while sid was in london hopping in and out of bands and in and out of therapy for suicidal thoughts the clothier and band manager did not know he was the band manager malcolm mclaren founded the sex pistols Lydon, who became johnny rotten was the front man alongside guitarist steve jones drummer paul cook and bassist glenn matlock notice those names did not include Sid Vicious Mm -hmm. because he uh, Vicious allegedly attended every one of his friends gigs and so when Matlock was out Vicious was simply put in Uh, yep there you go I mean it's the bass it's not that hard to figure out I'm sorry to any bases out there yeah (laughs) deepest apologies so it was always in doubt like can this dude I don't think he can play Mm -hmm. and then some people were like maybe he can it's punk music maybe he's just being but I don't think he can Uh, and then his bandmates allegedly unplugged his amp on occasion Mm -hmm. Uh, he performed live shows with a broken instrument and uh, he actually, he doesn't even play on uh, Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. <laughs> like, that's not him playing. That's funny. Uh, it's, uh, the guitarist plays played the bass in studio, so mm-hmm. he did both. Um, because uh, Vicious was hospitalized for hepatitis at the time. Always seems to be unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> the busy guy, has got stuff going on. He does. Yeah. So while Sid Vicious had a reputation for doing very ill-advised activities like shooting up speed mixed with vomit and toilet water. Oh. For like fun? I don't. I know there's like a huge like kind of like gross out factor to a lot of Uh that. Yeah, I think it was maybe. I feel like that era was the beginning of the gross out like. Gigi Allen, yeah. who did nothing but shit like that yeah, and became right. famous. So I think that was probably part of it. Or maybe he there was vomit in the toilet water and he wanted to dilute the... I don't know, yeah. man. But close friends, they said, you know, uh, let's see, Steve Severin, musician, said he had a brilliant sense of humor. He was goofy. He was sweet. Um, and then other have similar tales of the, quote, style conscious Bowie boy. Are they using Bowie in like a derogatory way? No. Okay. Because the way that they say it, it sounds like the way you poke like fun at one of your friends. Like, oh, look at style conscious David Bowie. Yeah. I mean, if if they're a punk and they're like looking at David Bowie, who's kind of glam. Is that like Ziggy Stardust Uh territory? Yeah, but still subversive, but still popular. 
Yeah. I guess. I well, don't know. if it's popular, then that's not punk, punk right? Yeah. Well, but like also was glam a thing until then. So was it right. kind of punky punk, to be yeah. glam? Post-disco kind of. You know, it know. was a time It sounds like they're finding... making fun of him, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So things fell apart with him fairly quickly uh, with the band. During the band's first and only U.S. tour in 1978, uh, his heroin habit continued to grow, and he also would get violent with fans, like hitting one over the head with uh, his bass. And then he decided to embark on a solo career with a new manager. Let's learn about her. Mm, Yes. Uh, in 1975, a 17-year-old college dropout from Philadelphia, <laughs> the land of dreams, named Nancy Spungen, migrated to New York City. Here's something that is maybe me admitting I'm dumb. I had no idea she was from Philadelphia. I, didn't, I guess I didn't really consider that she was you American. She, yeah, yeah, yeah was I thought she, was, she came with him. She was accompanied by her own troubled past. And was a different kind of groupie, according to photographer Eileen. Not Polk. like other groupies. I'm a cool groupie. She, yeah, she's like just you know do it under the house in the house as long as I'm here. She was blatantly honest. Uh, this is a quote from Eileen. She was blatantly honest about it. She brought drugs for the bands in order to be a groupie. You had to be tall and skinny and have fashionable clothes. The, the fashion of all of this. Yeah. Um, and then here comes Nancy. She's not trying to be cute or charming. She wasn't telling people she was a model or a dancer. She had mousy brown hair and she was a bit overweight. She basically said, yeah, I'm a prostitute and I don't care. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, Spongeon's crass and combative behavior didn't win her many IRL friends. Like she's a typical like, look at all these drugs. Be my friend. Yeah. I'm an asshole. Uh, over the course of a couple years, the only people who still fraternized with her were musicians who scored drugs from her. There was also, of course, Sid Vicious, um, who had a deeper relationship with her, I guess. I um, do love looking at, sorry, I was like, I love that they describe her as a little overweight. Like, this woman is... <laughs> yeah, no. Itty so. bitty. Yeah. yeah. Like, anyways. Well... Yeah. That would also, if it's with her with blonde hair, then this would probably be further into her addiction, right? Mm-hmm. So she probably true. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyway, I don't sorry, know I didn't mean overweight heroin addicts. <laughs> Personally, oh, Sid and Nancy were inseparable from the time they met in 1977. The rest of the Sex Pistols uh, disliked her immensely and banned her from the final tour. After the disbanding of the the band um sid and nancy holed up in the chelsea hotel in new york city where they prepared for sid's solo career with nancy as his manager we got dreams baby (laughs) though nancy's reputation preceded her she likely also suffered from schizophrenia or other mental illnesses she was troubled from birth having even once attacked her mother with a hammer We've all been teenage girls. I know. It's like... <laughs> With the hammer. I'm on a period and I don't understand it yet. Um, our moral- This is her mom. Our morality meant zero to her. She would simply step over the line, draw a new one, and then step over that. Nice. Uh, Spongen bounced from mental hospitals to boarding schools before landing in New York in search of whatever it was that she was looking for. And on October 12th, 1978 
Nancy Spungen was found dead on the bathroom floor of room 100 that she shared with Sid Vicious in the Chelsea Hotel. The cause, internal bleeding due to a knife wound in her lower abdomen. The internal part is weird to me. Uh, Vicious allegedly found her and called down to the front desk for help. Vicious, who was found wandering the hallways in an agitated state, was arrested and charged with her murder, the Independent reported. Though he initially confessed to the crime, he later denied it, claiming he had been asleep when she died. I did it, he told the police, because I'm a dirty dog. <laughs> That's his quote. Sure, it was much more emotional when he said it, yes. but what a silly I phrase. don't know that he, like, I don't know that he would have, like, if he's like, I did it. <laughs> I've got vomit in my veins. What's up, bitch? So this tongue-in-cheek confession remained the nail in the coffin for those who believe he had actually murdered Nancy. However, Sid Vicious gave many conflicting statements on what happened that night. Theories around a possible botched double suicide. That's what I think. Uh, The kind of thing that sounds like a good idea while high on Dilaudid and barbiturates, you know. Yeah. Witnesses claimed that Vicious ingested almost 30 tablets of twinal. To to uh, uh, it's a sleeping pill. Uh, so thirty tablets of a sleeping pill the evening before, uh, which is enough to keep someone unconscious for hours. Maybe he was sleeping. Um, how could Sid murder anyone in that state? Is it possible one of the many people coming in and out of room one hundred that night was actually guilty of this guilty of the stabbing? They constantly had like parties, and it was an open door situation. Uh, this is the basis of the theory that the that Rocket's Red Glare, the drug dealer who supplied Nancy with opiates that night, Rocket's Red I Glare. It. Wow. It's a great drug dealer name. <laughs> uh, Stab Spongeon when he caught... Uh, oh, Stab Spongeon when she caught him stealing cash and is what Phil Strongman, author of Pretty Vacant, A History of UK Punk, believes. Quote, Rockets red glare. Can't it sounds so I want it. I want it. Like, uh, yeah, it's a porn name. Yeah. Rockets red glare casually admitted to several fellow drinkers that it was actually he who'd robbed and stabbed Nancy Spungen and produced a handful of her blood-stained dollars to prove it. Mm. Interesting. And there are others that believe Nancy stabbed herself. Uh, Sid Vicious was released on $25,000 bail, and it was paid for by Virgin Records. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's go to space. Yeah. He <laughs> attempted suicide 10 days after Nancy's death by cutting his wrist with shards of a broken light bulb. Good Lord. Um, you can really just do it with anything. Yeah. Um, That's such thin like hard to use. Imagine how much it's like breaking. Yeah. And how you have to like... like- over and over. chip into salsa, but like... You're killing yourself. Yeah. Not a delicious treat. No. Yeah. But, but the salsa is vomit yeah. blood. blood. Yeah. That too. At Bellevue Hospital in New York City, he tried to jump out of a window <clears throat> shouting, I want to be with my Nancy. But the hospital staff managed to stop him. After his release from Bellevue, Vicious found himself with another assault charge and his bail revoked. So he spent 55 days in prison. I also didn't know there was this much, much time. time. I thought it was like... 
pretty a instant. week later. Yeah. That's what like I that. thought. <clears throat> so he spent 55 days in prison undergoing enforced detoxification until February 1st, 1979, when he made bail again with funds raised by... Malcolm McLaren. To celebrate his release, Vicious's friends and mother gathered for a party at the Greenwich Village apartment of his new girlfriend, uh, Michelle Robinson. Also didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. According to reports, the small party made spaghetti and Vicious had a few beers. However, this is also where things get a bit uh, okay. Uh, because Vicious managed to score heroin that was deemed 80% pure that same fucking night. He subsequently overdosed either on accident or on purpose, and it was either on this batch of heroin or on another dose allegedly administered by his own mother. I was going to say, I wasn't his mom involved in getting him drugs, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometime in the early morning of February 2nd, 1979, the day after he gets out, fucking... He never stood trial. He dies. He never stood trial for the murder of Nancy Spungen. And Beverly maintained her son's innocence. Reports say that she'd found a note in Sid's pocket after Nancy's murder that hinted at the suicide pact theory. Um, let's see. Eileen Polk again. The word was that he and Nancy had never had made a pact, but who knows? Nancy's murder was never thoroughly investigated. There were a lot of dangerous people hanging around them back then. If he hadn't died and the case went to trial, he may well have been acquitted. Like, we're just never going to fucking know. Yeah. And that's uh, some extra details I didn't know about Sid and Nancy. Yeah, there's a good amount of that that I didn't. I feel like there are multiple stories that I've heard and seen about moms, like mm-hmm. yeah. getting their son's drugs. Wasn't and... like Kurt Cobain's mom like that or something. <sighs> that sounds right. I mean, they were the next Sid and Nancy. Right. What I don't get. So when you have an addict in your family and they're detoxing, sometimes you support them by providing mm-hmm. whatever they need to them to keep them from that's... dying. Yep. But he was already sober for at least 50 something days when he was in jail. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's probably why he overdosed if he didn't do it on purpose is that he did the same amount of drugs that he did before going in Mm -hmm. and he just couldn't handle it. Which is often. Yeah. That happens happens a lot. Yeah. Good to know. It's a bunch of fun information I don't know before. I know. I was just Googling pictures of Sid and Nancy like Whitney was. And then I, I guess I didn't realize that it was a very short time seemingly short time later that the movie came out about them it came out in 1986 oh yeah with gary oldman and i don't know the actress that was that's less than a decade yeah oh gary that's a perfect yeah because they both have that face yeah yeah where it's like gaunt kind of yeah gaunt kind of donkey (laughs) gaunt yep and like kind of eyes a little sunken yeah old gary oldman i love him anyway i mean also like classic halloween costume yeah. for couples sit and nancy sit and nancy See? yeah <laughs> wait, wait. y'all y'all heard of tiger king right mm. yes uh, i know that hoe yep uh have you heard of like sick feet freed and roy i know those hoes of course yeah. have you heard of uh ron and joy holiday no solid fucking setup hey yeah. hear about I think and Doris Gagnon were two childhood <gasps> friends. I have a, like one of my best. Well, he moved, but one of my dear He's a friends is, is a Gagnon. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, these are two childhood friends who grew up in Maine in the 1950s. Um, They bonded over their shared love of dancing and their kind of status as outcasts. Um, Doris was a mousy, bespectacled brunette, and Ron was a male ballet dancer in the 1950s. Hot. So kind of some assumptions probably made about him because Mm -hmm. of that. So they were best friends growing up. Um, when Ron uh, graduated from high school, he moved to New York City the moment that he could because he had dreams of becoming a professional dancer. And that's obviously not something that's possible in Maine. You think he's skating at the bottom of that Oh, God. Lake? Yes. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> um, that sounds like more of a setup than it is. It's not. Um, so, Whitney. Sorry. It's just, you're, you're just turning me loud. off. <laughs> I know I'm like, well, you were complaining about me being too quiet. Because you weren't talking into the microphone. Because you're going like this. Okay. Lord. It's going to get the fisticuffs one. Well, really, Whitney's fingernails will end up in some part of my body. You know, Ron. So he's in New York and he kept in contact with Doris, who was a little bit younger than him. Um, but once she was out of school, she also moved to New York to live with Ron and also try to make it as a dancer. Um, She did consider being a nun for a period of time because she was a Catholic, but Ron was like, lame, don't do that. Just come hang out with me in New York and we'll be dancers. And she's like, okay, cool. Better. So when Doris shows back up, shows up in New York to to be, you know, live with Ron, um, he's kind of gobsmacked because Doris, a big glow up. She is a platinum blonde with a banging body, totally bloomed in the couple of years that he was in New York and she was still back in Maine. Wasn't this also when Marilyn Monroe was like, getting huge this would have been the yeah like 58 yeah somewhere around there good for her. so good for her and so um ron was kind of like wow i feel differently about you now and some different about some other things <laughs> like whoa didn't see this coming um so they ended up becoming romantically involved and eventually married pretty shortly after them both moving to new york they got married in 1959 they're about 2021 20, at this time um And they got married because they had pretty strict Catholic parents. And they're like, if y'all are banging and living together, you got to get married, which is sweet. They also agreed when they talk about when Ron talks about the relationship, he says that they agreed that they didn't own each other and that um, they were young and, you know, they basically had an open relationship for the most part. Yeah. Realistically, because obviously Ron, bisexual king, did not realize it in right. Yeah. They're married and they're trying to make it as dancers in New York. And it's pretty difficult. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> they like to make money. They taught dance. They also took some modeling jobs. Mm, wink, wink, gotcha. To kind of get by. So it was rough. Um, take some Polaroids of you. Yeah. At this time, they changed their names from Ron and Doris Gway to Ron and Joy Holiday. Their goal was to become, um, I have to pronounce this, adagio dancers, which is an incredibly difficult type of dance. It's like acrobatic dance kind of kind of circus soleil mm-hmm. kind of but more ballroom um and it's really hard and they were trying that for a couple of years and finally they got their big break and they got booked at radio city music hall damn and they became very successful they're wonderful dancers um and they they did this type of adagio dance um through the early 1960s um for so basically for about a decade they started to get a little bit older, kind of like late 20s, early 30s. And that type of dance really is hard on your body. So they started to look for something else they could do that would be a little less, less demanding, but still impressive. impressive. Um, and Ron had this dream one night of Joy being dressed as a cat woman and him 
like like uh like a circus performer but she's the big cat right and he's like wow that's a really <laughs> that's good a idea very gay dream yes and so they started <laughs> they started incorporating that into their dance um because they wanted to kind of diversify what they were doing and find something less demanding on their bodies at that same time at radio city music hall they met william holden was who was the star of uh, sunset boulevard and he had a wildcat preserve in kenya and invited them to come and check it out. And this is clicking for Ron. He's like, oh, I had this dream about this big cat thing. Maybe that's where this is leading me. And they had a really good time. And William, a couple of months later, gifted Joy and Ron a baby black leopard. That's like the other guy in Tiger King, right? <laughs> yeah. So they have this baby black leopard that they name Aladdin. Joy and Ron spent the Different next time. Yeah. Joy. And this was like the mid 60s at this point. Mm-hmm. Ron and Joy spent the next few months training this leopard to incorporate into their act. Um, they had no idea what they were doing. Joy went to the library and got some books on how to train like circus dogs, animals, essentially. Yeah. There were um, books on that? Yeah, apparently. There's books on lots of things. Even back then, um, they were doing... Is it your local library? Yeah, they had no... Literally no... They were feeding this cat, like, giant cans of cat food. And they... In the apartment they lived in... Um, oh, they were apartment. They had, a, like, a basement. And they were keeping this cat in there. Regardless, they successfully, in whatever way, trained this black leopard to be incorporated in their dance spectacular. And they named themselves the Cat Dancers. And they and they combined um, cat performance and dance, and people fucking loved it. No shit, loved it. They're performing this cat act in this like (laughs) in the late sixties, seventies, and early eighties. They open a ranch. They move away, and they end up in Florida. And they open a ranch. Of course, they go to Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And they open a ranch. and they acquire more cats. They get a couple of jaguars. They get a couple of tigers. They get more leopards. Once and you pop, just seriously. Can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing shows at their ranch, like kind of more family style. And then they're also touring with these animals and doing their cat dancing. Um, reminder these are self-taught big cat trainers they have no other experience besides what they've learned through like trial and error and there were a lot of errors there were plenty of times where joy or ron would get hurt and they would not go to the doctor because they would be afraid that that would put them on someone's radar and they would because the legality of owning wild animals is not is not great um for people who choose or want to do that the other thing to consider is um they didn't have any like cages or barriers in their performance between Mm -hmm. themselves and the audiences oh so that's kind of risky there was at least one circumstance where one of the um leopards became aggressive towards the audience and ron inserted himself in between it and the the leopard fully bit through his wrist like 100 percent, and he had to have like surgery they almost amputated he was in a coma oh, that just for like 10 days limper Whoa. Uh, oh, well okay <laughs> so i hope you're proud of yourself on that one lisa <laughs> they're they're obviously very successful but at the same time they kind of don't know what they're they're doing not ultimately also these are wild animals i think right. we all realize Does anyone know what they're exactly especially when we get farther into the story there's a lot of like human characteristics that are being attributed to these animals but at the end of the day they are wild animals right. i don't care how much you train them right and oh like how they like get up and like dance yes with pe- yeah that's... or even like saying that oh this animal is temperamental or this one right. is affectionate 
They're, they are, those are human traits. Yeah. I know that we all think our animals love us. It, and it they doesn't will really eat your work body like that. the minute yes. you die. And these are really, really wild animals. So they're getting really popular and their acts are getting bigger and more involved. And they realize they probably need another person to help manage the animals on stage. So they start looking for a third person. And if we've learned anything from Tiger King, we kind of know that folks who are into big cats or like wild game or training them or anything like that are kind of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. so they have a hard time finding somebody that they think will be good at the job and also not be a liability, even right. though they're kind of liabilities on their own. But I digress. Um, until in 1988, they meet a 20 something year old Chuck Lizza, who is a circus performer. Um, and they both agree that he was very talented and very handsome mm. and they invited Thrubble him situation. and they invited him to join the act and he moved in. Um, he first started this is like Tiger King. Yeah, right? he first started as the MC, but after um, Ron and Joy kind of like pushed him a little bit, he agreed to be in the actual show. Um, Chuck would initially describe his relationship with Ron and Joy as he felt like they were the parents he never had, and they felt like he was the son that they never had. Um, it was a very nurturing relationship because there was about a about a twenty year age difference mm-hmm. between the couple and um, and Chuck. That's how they presented it to the public, anyways realistically i they were what we would probably call to say, call today a pansexual polyamorous thruple mm-hmm. which you know fuck labels um but they were all involved with each other it didn't initially start out that way but it did grow to become that way and it's really there when you see ron talk about them it's obvious that they loved each other very much and it's very sweet um in private they actually wore necklaces that were a triple wedding ring oh. yeah very sweet That's also true. very tiger king when it comes yeah, to yeah, yeah. i get it what is that i yeah. think i feel like there's also an element and this might be in my head because i've been thinking about reality tv shows where people are supposed to fall in love mm-hmm. but i feel like there's an aspect of trauma bonding yeah. mm-hmm. and especially like working with big cats and like you're doing it every day and you're with each like that like you're going to get closer than you would ever think yeah that's i like the I yeah, like it's they they all seem to and it seemed to be pretty equitable. Um, so in the 80s, when Siegfried and Roy were very popular, um, they were like the better known uh, cat performers, if you want to say the best known. Yeah. yeah. I... However, like the cat dancers had no problem finding work at all, because when you think about it, Siegfried and Roy were stuck in Vegas. They had mm-hmm. a residency, so they didn't really do a lot of travel or road shows. So basically, the cat dancers picked up every available booking that. from that. Um, um, but they're taking those cats on the road. Yeah, it's the whole cat thing. Yeah, the premise That's of like it. The I, I will say that. In the research that I did for this, it very much presented these three characters in a very sympathetic light. But mm-hmm. realistically, these are three people who, in my opinion, abused animals yes. for a living. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, regardless of how how cute them fucking each other was, like they're still <laughs> like it's not good. Keep that in mind. So the one thing that Siegfried and that Siegfried they always say it like that Siegfried and Roy had it's like the Germans. Yeah, because like, they are Siegfried. Siegfried. Um, and Roy had that the cat dancers isn't was a white tiger. White tigers are very, very rare. Mm-hmm. The last white tiger ever seen in the wild was shot in 1958. I was gonna say, yeah, very don't... rare unless you're inbreeding the fuck out of. So them. white tigers are a result in of Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're a result of ge- genetic mutation. So they aren't like a breed of tiger. They're, they're they're a genetic anomaly, right? So pretty much all the white tigers in existence today are 
like hella inbred. You can do some outcrossing, which isn't inbreeding, but it's more difficult to do to get because you have to find some. You have to find one that has like more recessive genes than a white type. Yeah. So inbreeding is bad. Yeah. Yes. We know this. Um, And inbreeding an animal, specifically like you know an apex predator, they usually have behavioral issues. Again, using the term behavioral issues for a wild animal is not fair, but if we're talking in the context of training an animal, they're difficult to train because they are more wild, if you want to say. Ron and Chuck really wanted a white tiger. Like, they were getting a lot of pressure from, like, I guess their agents to be like, y'all got to stand out. Like, Mm -hmm. your show's good, but it's going to get old and tired. Joy really didn't want one because of this exact issue that you can't find a white tiger that's not inbred. They did acquire a white tiger that they kind of thought maybe wasn't inbred. It's kind of hard to tell but they they got a white tiger baby and they named it jupiter um yeah and jupiter immediately imprinted on chuck like no matter what they did jupiter only wanted to hang out with chuck would only listen to chuck um so that was chuck's sounds ages to me um so chuck raised jupiter and chuck would say that jupiter always had an attitude and he was difficult to train because he's a wild animal um, but they took him on the road and people loved it. He did successfully train them to be a part of the show. So in 1998, Joy, Chuck, and Ron, Ron are living on a huge property outside Gainesville, Florida. Um, the dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really well-established cat ranch. Um, one morning, Ron gets up to do cat ranch work and he goes to let Jupiter out, but he won't get out of his cage. So he calls Chuck, his dad, essentially, to come down and get his cat up and moving. Chuck wakes up and comes downstairs to the cage. And while he's walking into the cage, um, he trips and falls on Jupiter. And Jupiter bites his throat, throws him, and Chuck bleeds out immediately in Ron's arms. <gasps> Holy shit. Yeah. Jupiter killed his own dad. Yeah. And Ron said, and Ron, when you see Ron, Ron is very charismatic. <laughs> good God, Whitney. Full circle. I know. About I, that's a good point. Um, So like Ron says in, like in the documentary that I watched about this that Chuck looks up to him and goes I love and then he dies and that might be true but Ron is a little a little dramatic but he he tells the story They're very well he, yeah I know <laughs> they're a polyamorous thruple of cat dancers yes. I don't know how much more dramatic you can get Ron says that he then looked at Jupiter and Jupiter had a look of confusion and regret but again I don't know if that's if he's editorializing the feelings of a wild animal. I know that, like, you've seen that in animals, though. Sure. Not in cats. Not like, in my cats. I've never seen them. Uh, uh, my dog like, regret. am I in trouble? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, no, not from a cat. It's You're not right, a complex yeah. emotion. Like, can, like it mm-hmm. could be fear, probably, because, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think regret is something that... In the no. way that humans would consider it, would probably regret. be like this is this supposed to smell be- this way, and now it smells different yeah. because it's right. bleeding. Or right. I, or do I eat or, that yeah. now? Can or I, does somebody else feed me besides this guy now? Like it's not the same kind of emotion, right? So um, Chuck was thirty-four. this absolutely destroys joy so joy is the one who actually like recruited chuck she's the one who went to the circus and saw this guy and was like that guy that's the guy that needs to like join us or whatever um she doesn't blame the cat she doesn't blame chuck himself and she's she basically says that it's an accident she tells herself that it's an accident yeah probably it's the person's fault so she spirals into depression like one of the loves of her life is dead because of an animal and a lifestyle that she introduced him to 
Um, and Ron says that this entire time that she was praying to just die. Like she just wanted to die. She wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. She was in bed all day. Um, but, and Ron was like, she's a Catholic. And if she wasn't religious, she would have killed herself. Like mm-hmm. he absolutely believes that. So she's completely broken. They take her to the doctor cause she hadn't eaten in like four weeks and he gives her like, you know, medication. Right. So she's kind of like drugged up and everything. And so um, about two ma- months after Chuck's death, Joy's basically been in bed that entire time. And well, she's like 60. Yeah. Right? So she's like mid 50s. Okay. So this is 98 and she was born in 39. Okay. Yeah. So she's older. Um, She gets up to go help Ron feed one of the cats. And she's seeing all she's going through and basically talk, like, talk, you know, interacting with all the other cats out there. And then she goes into Jupiter's enclosure She's very, very frail, um, and she's carrying a bowl of, like, chicken necks, and she's, like, shaking. And she's also on a bunch of pills, and apparently she's been drinking as well. So she's just, like, incredibly just, like, distraught and frail. And uh, Jupiter comes up to Joy, grabs her by the throat, throws her, and she bleeds out Mm -hmm. immediately in Ron's arms. Immediately. Why didn't Ron, they? Man. Why didn't so they didn't isolate? Like call a zoo or something. They didn't do so. That's the thing is like when you're training any type of animal, there's going to be again like behavioral issues, and usually if that presents itself, you separate them and isolate mm-hmm. them and figure out kind of what you need to do. And sometimes it's if you're in a training capacity, you release them to like a sanctuary, mm-hmm. right? They didn't do any of that. They just kept him, right? <laughs> and kept him with the other cats and continued to feed them like as if kind of nothing happened right and then here she comes looking like a sickly wounded animal exactly he's like i'm gonna eat you so that's kind of a theory that gets brought up in this documentary where some animals when they identify a weak member of their uh what's it called not group their group they just take care of it right yeah so that's kind of floated but again that's then applying i don't know it's a it's a theory right um, and Ron's the only one to have witnessed this, so well, he could very much be. She's feeding Ron him. Ron could have killed That cat's both fucking of them. hungry. Yeah, and does prey. Yep, that bitch is prey. Yeah, yep. So right after that happens, uh, Jupiter gets out of the cage, and so Ron is like, "Okay, I have to get out of the enclosure because this isn't safe now." And he calls the cops and tells them what's going on. And the cops come and they have a standoff for two hours because they're trying to get <laughs> Jupiter just to go back into the enclosure right. so they and can Ron's shut. And Ron's like, him. "You can't kill him." I know. I ju- but I just thought about like Tony the Tiger, like the cartoon with it's a like, gun. At yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going down yeah, like this. Yeah. yeah, and he's not going back in. So they, after two hours, enough, yeah. they just shoot Jupiter um, in front of all of the other cats like all of this is happening kind of in one place um so ron's just lost the two most important people in his life and now he can't afford to keep the cat ranch he can't obviously like perform anymore and they'd obviously like kind of not performed as much because they were all getting a little bit older um he thought about killing himself but something in him told him that he couldn't abandon his animals um so since he can't perform anymore he connects with a cat rescue called amazing exotics that took in most of the animals um during this time one of the real fucked up things that was happening was he was getting calls from people to buy his animals because they realized like they he can't afford to do this they were they were wanting to buy the animals exclusively to hunt 
Yeah. Yeah. So he's, this is the only kind of real interactions he's having with other people or people who are basically so calling to kill his family if he that really looks at it that way. fucking dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Amazing Exotics was able to take in most of his animals and give him a job. Um, but some of the animals that have to be put down because they just couldn't, they didn't have the bandwidth to to take care of more. So he lived at Amazing Exotics for a while and he, through the early 2000s, he taught people how to train big cats, which is kind of, I don't, I mean, he has a lot of experience yeah, with it. I'm going to say, like, I mean, I don't think there's a right way to do it because you shouldn't be doing it. But if this guy did it for so fucking long, he, he probably, probably knows. I mean, he would know more than me. But I feel like he, I feel like other people and himself would benefit more from like teaching people how to like read a room. Yeah. Or, like, you know, how <laughs> to get out of these situations. Keep that to yourself so, so no to, one else thinks they like, can here, do this. And here's the thing. The um, amazing exotics w- prescribed itself as a described itself as a rehabilitation and education center, not like a big cat entertainment center. Mm-hmm. But as we know from stuff like Tiger King, that is not you don't find a dividing line in these things like it's all kind of the same they're still gonna make money exactly even Um, if they're profiteering off of it yeah Yeah. he's there through the early 2000s during this time one of the people that he is training has a brother who is a documentary filmmaker he tells his brother about this guy with this crazy story and a documentary is made about him and it takes eight years to make because it's he has all of this footage from because they're performers they have a lot to go through so he makes this documentary that ends up coming out in 2007 and about that same time frame 2007 to 2008 too early man you should have waited like another 10 10 years years. yeah so 2000 to 2008 i can't i don't have a good timeline on it amazing exotics has to close down because of some new laws that popped up in florida about big cat Mm -hmm. um, rescues can you guess who was the person lobbying for this place to get closed Carol down? Baskin. Carol Baskin. That fucking bitch. I was, Carol that Baskin. is literally. I was like, Carol. Yep. Carol's Carol got something this. to do yep. with this. Shit. She can have a big cat or, rescue. I thought no, it was no her. Or that old like, look at my harem of women guy. Uh, oh, the worst guy. Mm-hmm. The much worse guy. Yeah. The guy who trained Joe. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. The guy who. So famously provided the animals for Britney Spears' MTV performance with the snake. With the snake? And oh my the god. Tiger. That was him. Dang. Damn. Okay. Doc, so, right? Doc. Doc. Yeah. Yeah. So Holiday. Um, at this time, so the documentary comes out and then like while they're wrapping up, he has to he has to euthanize his last two animals. Um, which were named Diva and Shere Khan. And Shere Khan was actually Jupiter's brother. Like Shere Khan, like from the Jungle Book? Yeah. Okay. So he had two white tigers? He had one white tiger and a one just Bengal tiger. So they were brothers, but they Shere weren't Khan both was white. A, okay. was an orange-striped tiger. He came out regular. Yeah. So after after the documentary, it's there's not a lot about Ron. Um, he has some active like social media up till to like 2014 where he's just being a weird old guy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not, in a, not in a creepy way. He just doesn't really know how to use it, you know? Right. I like um, that. Yeah. yeah. And then he also had a YouTube channel that has like six videos on it that look like they were filmed on like a, a Gen 1 right. iPhone um, where he, it's obviously he's like responding to the positive uh, attention he's getting from the from the documentary, which is kind of sweet, I guess. I, I have a hard time with this because all like everything presented to me was very much in a positive light towards these people. But they're, they're kind of monsters, right? right? Yeah. So um far as I can tell, he is, again, working as a da- dance instructor. 
Oh. He's going back to his original. His roots. Yeah, his roots as a dancer. He is in his 80s. Mm-hmm. He's still living in Florida. And that's and that's pretty much it. It's You really got to go on YouTube and like look at him. He's so, he's like totally bald and he wears a wig and he has like, like tattooed eyeliner on Ugh, and stuff yeah you could tell that he's had some type of work done where he has that mm-hmm. kind of like melty face a little bit right yeah not his looks alone but he's he's very charismatic and tells a very good story and he's it's just in crazy Wild. and he's the only person like left in this family right yeah. i'm honestly surprised with the success of tiger king that netflix or hulu or someone else hasn't gone out and like paid for this footage from this documentary yeah, mm-hmm. and then contacted this guy and like recut their own shit. I'm, yeah, truly. I know that there was a, around the same time, there was a like history channel show that was about big cats and they were featured, he, mm-hmm. they featured his story on it. But yeah, I think, honestly, I think that story is more interesting than Tiger King is. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess, yeah. Tiger King is just because what's his face they're is a making, fucking psychopath. Yeah. They're making a Tiger King too. Y'all know that, he's right? He's out of prison now, right? He is. No, I, he's not. I thought he got out. I, no, I know he, he was, was asking for pardons had... from President Trump, but I thought he's out now, non-Trump related. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering if it's going to be more like let's see all of Carol Baskin's fucking victims yeah. of yeah. her ruthless like yeah shut it down well and that's the thing is like if carol baskins really was that concerned about the state in which these animals were being kept i couldn't find anything that showed that she took those animals granted they're very expensive and there is the argument that and this is a very PETA argument which i don't love that in some circumstances a dead animal is better than an in captive a captivated animal that is going to be bred Mm -hmm. right sure but that's i don't like that either yeah yeah uh, this says Joe Exotic was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison after being convicted of trying to hire two different dudes to kill Carol, Carol Baskin. Baskin. That's Carol Baskin. And then as of July 14th, 2021, there's another article that's like, it's titled, No, Joe Exotic isn't getting out of jail. So prove me wrong. Because he's older. Do you think he'll make it 22 years in prison? Because uh, he's like... He look. He's got that Florida age. I am certain he is very popular in prison. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's the coolest dude in prison. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm or he sure he is at least. I'm sure he'll make. I'm sure he'll get out earlier. Probably. Yeah, I think he would too. But I, I think he'll probably get out around seventy yeah. years old. Yeah. But also, like from a documentary like that, the he didn't make any money off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no money to come from that i bet he will on this one you you would like you could i mean with how popular he got like if he hadn't went gone to prison he would probably be like touring right now or doing some Mm -hmm. like wild shit to get money be in politics he would have been voted in that's i'm surprised that like so this this story isn't like super well known but it's well it's known enough that there wasn't in the you know tiger king era why wasn't anybody reach out to Ron and be like, what's your take on the Tiger right. King kind of thing? Right. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. True. Yeah. And he's in Florida, which is where yeah. they like at least a third it's of it It's all in Florida. Like, <laughs> God, that's fucking so, so Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, there they are with Jupiter. Yeah. She's a babe. Like if you look up um, when she was like 
even like younger oh. youth is beauty as we were saying before oh. right and she would always perform in like bikinis like yeah. straight up bikinis because they would do like the jungle woman mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic they're very captivating and again they're, they're like love stories very sweet because they were obviously together what 10 years at that point as a thruple working it out mm-hmm. touring making money abusing a, animals it's a crazy long making time money, abusing for, animals. for a, for a non-traditional what mm-hmm. you would say yeah as far as i know at least good job everybody I'm proud of everyone yeah we did we did a fun do we have a through line i don't i, I don't think really so. am having a hard time with it mm. we all are on this earth everything that happened in our stories today happened all in on the same earth. universe yeah. uh-huh that's true uh-huh that's super true um i don't know hang out at your ghost friend's house underwater like yeah. that sounds fucking tight. Yeah, I'm more and more into this idea the more we think about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think ghost mermaids haunt the sea? Because I don't think ghost fish haunt the sea, and they're but half there such fish. Is it sentience of kind of thing? Is it a half ghost? <laughs> it's just the torso, just the top half. <laughs> like, how smart does an animal have to be then to have a like? I feel like it's only mammals that you ever hear of, like a ghost dog or. I think that's pretty horse. species of us, though. It what is. about birds, like. Where all the I ghost think I've insects. heard of ghost birds. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. I like a ghost snake. Yeah. No, I refuse yeah. with no ghost like reptiles not allowed. I'm drawing the line on that one. No amphibians. You know what? Not allowed in the underwater ghost house. All are welcome. That well, yeah, we're done. We're That's done. That's it. That's all we need. We're all done. Let's go party with George Strait. No, I'm go home. Okay, fine. You <laughs> okay. all just go home. <laughs>